the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. A pleasant and frosty good morning to you on a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Hope you'll watch the show on Facebook. The Bruce Hooley Show, easy to find. Search it in your Facebook search bar. Uh, they haven't deplatformed us yet. Never know if they will, but Big Tech still has a stranglehold on the distribution of most conservative content out there as Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter continues to drive the left crazy. We will have audio evidence of that as the show unfolds today. Good news on the federal level. The Biden administration has been rebuffed in its efforts to revoke Title 42 and deny our Border Patrol agents the right to turn illegal migrants back into Mexico should they catch them. A federal court says, no, you can't revoke it. And the Biden administration says that it... uh, will comply with that Louisiana judge who has blocked them from uh, ending the Trump policy. So that's good. If only they could actually empower the border agents or the police or anybody in law enforcement. But, you know, pie in the sky wishes. As I begin the show today, I had a moment this morning where my uh, desperation was soothed by a kind citizen, a good Samaritan. So I want to shout out Matt, no last name given, from the Circle K at Lazelle and Sankus. As I took my daughters to school this morning, I realized I don't have enough gas to get my daughters after school and take them home. No problem. I'll stop at the street, at the the, uh, Circle K down the street. Pull up to the pump. Lowered my window, turned on the Hugh Hewitt show with my engine off so I could stay abreast of the details as I put gas in my tank. Except I forgot my wallet. No wallet. And 20 miles left in the tank, if the meter's right, which I never like to take it that low. Scrounged around the car, found $3.67 in change, went inside, told the clerk, I've got (laughs) $3.67. Limit me to that much, otherwise I'll be washing dishes the rest of the day or whatever you do at the Circle K when you uh, commit to more than you actually can finance. And this nice guy who i never seen before comes over in his car hearts and hands a $5 bill to me and says, there. I don't even remember what he said. I was so struck by his kindness. And I told him that I would thank him today on the air. So thank you, Matt, whoever you are. That is a very, very kind gesture. That is the epitome of paying it forward. So thank you. He didn't have any clue who I was, uh, which I would not expect him to. But really, really nice of him. Thank you. Thank you so much. If I get really lucky today, my apple trees will survive the frost last night. Wow. Wow. We don't need that, okay? We don't need that 
at all, but we got it. So hopefully uh, your fruit blossoms and early blooming flowers survive that also. We'll talk with Rob Walgate of American Policy Roundtable at 1133 today because Rob and I uh, are friends and we were having a conversation today about politics in the state of Ohio and he kept making good point after good point after good point. And I kept writing it down and writing it down and I thought, man, I'm going to say that on the show today. And then I was like, wait a minute. I can't steal all your good points that I wouldn't have come up with on my own, so why don't you join us at 1133? So he will. And at noon today, Steve Cortez, C-O-R-T-E-S, that's important to know if you want to follow Steve on Twitter, he is at Cortez Steve, C-O-R-T-E-S Steve. And you might have seen him on Fox, Fox Business, CNBC, CNN. He's a financial guy, used to work on Wall Street. He has come out, the latest to come out, and endorse J.D. Vance, I guess, I shouldn't say it that way because he uh, has been endorsing J.D. Vance for a long time. It's just that I now became aware of it and was able to gain access to him and thought his perspective might be informative for you. Now listen, now listen, I've not endorsed in the U.S. Senate race on the Republican side of the ticket. I will not endorse a candidate in advance of the primary, which is now less than a week away next Tuesday. Why? Because, like I've said before, maybe you're tired of the analogy. I don't care who's ahead at halftime. I don't care. I mean, I do care. I have a favorite. I'm going to vote. But it's not my position in a race where I think we have multiple really good candidates for me to tell you, no, this is the guy. If I thought one was, uh, if I thought only one was capable of being a great senator, I would endorse that one. I obviously think one would be a better senator than the others, but I think three of them would be really, really good candidates. No, I'm not going to tell you which three. (laughs) <laughs> you know I'm not a Matt Dolan fan, okay? I'll I'll narrow that down for you. But we'll have Rob Walgate on because he made some really good points about the governor's race, which there's kind of sort of a race on the governor's side. Mike DeWine is the incumbent, and Mike DeWine has all the money, and Mike DeWine has all the name recognition, so why is Mike DeWine even being challenged by not one but two candidates who have big chunks of the electorate in the polling supporting them well because if mike dewine had governed like ron DeSantis or greg abbott during the pandemic i think mike dewine would have that kind of support that DeSantis and abbott have in their states you know ron DeSantis is going to win a landslide re-election as florida governor and because ron DeSantis' star has ascended so high Over the last year plus, we forget that Ron DeSantis won the Florida governorship over Andrew Gillum by a whisker, by a whisker. So you would think, oh, Ron DeSantis vulnerable, right, coming out of the 2018 election. Ha, Ron DeSantis not vulnerable. He will win handily in Florida because people reward great governing. Now for the Mike DeWine side of that equation. Republican voters in the state of Ohio are of the opinion that Mike DeWine did not govern like a true conservative. And I will say that had Mike DeWine from mm, July of 2020 on ceased with the panic, not lectured us about vaccines, not continued with nonsensical bar closures at 10 p.m., and a lot of other things that were Bill de Blasio-esque. That's probably too strong, but more de Blasio-esque than DeSantis-esque. 
Mike DeWine would have support, but because he continued to be a fear-mongering, favorite-picking governor, some stores could stay open, some businesses could, some couldn't, some had to close at such and such a time, Mike DeWine alienated much of rural Ohio, where you see the Joe Blystone signs proliferating. Fox News has Blystone with 19% of the vote. Trafalgar has him with 24%. Emerson College has him with 20%. So Jim Renacci is slightly ahead and slightly behind Blystone in those same polls. 24% for Renacci and Fox. Now 26% Trafalgar. Emerson had Renacci at 9%. That's an outlier poll. But DeWine, he's in the 40s. University of Akron has him 51. So DeWine's going to win. But if Renacci and Blystone were one candidate, Blynacy, <laughs> Renstone, Mike DeWine being a big-time struggle, which sparked some of the conversation that I found interesting with Rob Walgate, and so we'll bring that to you at 1133. Another student protest is in the offing today, ladies and gentlemen. This time not at Hilliard, Darby, and Davidson High School. This time is it at Big Walnut High School in Delaware County. And this is because tonight the Big Walnut School Board will be voting on whether or not Big Walnut Schools wants to continue its membership in the Ohio High School Athletic Association. You say, well, why would they not want to? They had a tremendous football season this past year. They've got a tremendous running back coming back next season. Big Walnut should be making sure that it gets right there in the front of the line renewing its OHSAA membership. Ah, but some of the members of the Big Walnut Board of Education are a little concerned, more than a little, about a day-long seminar in woke nonsense that the OHSAA conducted in Westerville. What was that, two Fridays ago? About white privilege and transgenderism and being, you know, tolerant and DEI diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because the OHSAA is concerned that inclusion is not inclusive enough. They also have to include the word belonging, as if you could not be assured you were belonging if you were included, I guess. Don't know. Haven't talked to Doug Ute about it, or their woke CEO who's behind all this stupidity. So the Big Walnut School Board is not automatically renewing It's membership in the OHSAA, and so the students are worried that they're not going to have athletics to play, or their, you know, minds have been twisted into panicking over House Bill 616 long before that is anywhere close to becoming a law, although if Matt Huffman and uh, Bob Cup would get off their collective duffs and do their job in the Ohio General Assembly, it would be a priority item and would be being moved closer to a law with every passing day. So they're letting the kids walk out at Big Walnut today. They will have to make up their work, so it's a little bit stiffer administrative reaction to this than it was out at Hilliard where the students run the show. But I applaud those of you who are on the Big Walnut Board of Education for letting the Ohio High School Athletic Association know that, hey, we don't want this. We don't want transgender athletes. We don't want... It's not that we don't want them participating. They can participate in their own division. That's fine. I have no problem with that. I'd be fine with that. I would endorse that. 
Transgender athletes want to compete in their own division? Do it. Do it. Do it. But if biological boys want to compete with biological girls, that's a hard no. That's a line in the sand, will not be crossed, will not be allowed. It is It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's uh, illogical. And it's uh, unfair. So, Big Walnut Board of Education, I would make them wait. Make them wait. You're not playing any sports between May, between uh, July 1 and the start of the football season. Lead, you got power. You're in the OCC. You're a powerful school. You're in Delaware County. You're growing. Hold their feet to the fire because I'll tell you what, I know, I know there are people in the state of Ohio who are eyeing the OHSAA's moves on D-I-E, diversity, inclusion, and equity, not to mention belonging. They're watching it with the idea that, you know what, you guys go too far, we're going to create an alternate organization and watch all the rural districts run from your membership. Sometimes, not in the case of COVID, but in this case, fear is a good thing. Crime in Columbus, picking up with the temperatures, picking up. They've had six murders in five days. We are still 40% behind last year's record total. But yesterday, really troubling. It is just a little bit past noon on the north side. Gentleman by the name of Lawrence Jefferson, who's from Reynoldsburg. He's 51, prime of life. He's working inside the Executive Barber Salon. At 5880 North Meadows Boulevard, guy walks in, talks to Mr. Jefferson for a while. They go outside. People inside the shop then hear gunshots. Mr. Jefferson shot dead right outside the shop. Been working there a month. Nobody nobody knew he had any enemies. Nobody figured it out. So mm. very, very sad. Violence in our city. It's a direct result of the way that our administration has... Uh, not done anything to help people in disadvantaged neighborhoods, increasing desperation, and then that desperation spreads to other areas of the city because well, there's no wealth in Linden, there's no wealth in Franklinton. You want to go steal a car, you got to go somewhere else. You want to go steal some money or something like that. Um, I I decry what the downtown of Columbus has become under the uh, feckless, it's not even leadership, of Andrew Ginther, our mayor. Now, it's important to me that you know that I am an honest broker. I am a unabashed conservative, but I don't I don't approve of everything that every conservative does. And I think this is slimy what I'm hearing about state Secretary of State Frank LaRose. You know there's been this big hullabaloo about legislative maps and districts and all that kind of stuff. And I have said that the Democrats are whining, that Ohio is a center-right state, leaning more right all the time, and they're unable to win elections, and so they want the maps stacked to give them an advantage they could not win at the ballot box. Nevertheless, what Frank LaRose apparently did, advantaging congressional candidate Madison Gilbert by giving her a heads-up on what legislative map was coming out, the one we'll vote on next Tuesday in the primary, without giving that same heads up to Democratic candidates, 
That's not right. It's not right. That's not right. Frank LaRose has been caught in text messages three hours ahead of Democrats knowing the maps. He's texting Madison Gilbert. Now, look, I got no beef with Madison Gilbert. She gave a nice speech at the Trump rally. I did not get the chance to talk to her. I didn't take the chance to talk to her. I could have gone over. I'm sure she would have been willing to engage. But she doesn't represent Central Ohio, so I really didn't see any point in it. But this is this is not this is something that if we had a Democratic Secretary of State who's supposed to run the elections and keep the elections fair and all that, and we caught the Democratic Secretary of State giving a heads up to a future Democratic congressional candidate. And Madison Gilbert changed the district in which she was going to run to a different district. And she had three hours notice ahead of any Democrat knowing this. We would squall about it and we'd be justified in squalling about it. And Frank LaRose was wrong doing this. Now, I don't know enough about Frank LaRose's opponent in the primary for Secretary of State John Adams. But everything I've heard from John Adams and everything I've looked into about John Adams is very favorable. I will say that. I'm going to further vet John Adams, and I may tell you that I'd prefer John Adams over Frank LaRose. I can't do that at this point, although I will say. Frank LaRose has uh, got one foot in one area and one foot in another. Ever since the 2020 presidential election, Frank LaRose has been telling us how secure Ohio's elections were. Because guess who that makes look good? Frank LaRose. However, Donald Trump on uh, Saturday and Mike Lindell on Saturday were saying that they believe Trump won Ohio by a lot more than the eight points he wanted by. Well, that's a reflection, if so, on who? On Frank LaRose. And Frank LaRose got endorsed by Trump a few hours before Trump arrived in Delaware. And then presto changeo, Frank LaRose endorses J.D. Vance, Trump's endorsed Senate candidate. I don't think that's a reflection on Vance. I think that's a reflection on LaRose because LaRose clearly was hoping to get Trump's endorsement because Trump's endorsement carries a lot of weight. And yet LaRose has been telling everybody the exact opposite about Ohio's elections and the veracity of those elections in 2020. He's been telling him exact opposite of what Trump's been telling them. And if anybody but Trump says what Trump has been saying about the elections, LaRose dismisses them and says they're wrong. LaRose is big, maybe just from an implementation standpoint, on mail-in balloting and early voting. Trump said Saturday, and I agree, one-day voting paper ballots. One-day voting paper ballots. If voting doesn't mean enough to you to do it on that day, you should be denied the right. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.